Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Just a Game. We're live from Ethicomp 2018 in Sopot. Beautiful Sopot. In Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Catherine Flake. And I'm Teo Fothergill. For those who don't know what Ethicomp is, which is probably most of you, it's a conference about ethics of technology and particularly computer ethics, hence the name. Uh, there's about 75 people or so here yeah. uh, for the like yesterday, today, and tomorrow, um, and we're talking about all sorts of issues. Uh, some of the papers are about things like voting technology. We've got uh, ones on anticipatory governance, ICT and political culture, gun control narratives, um, robots, um, algorithms. I'm just looking for the protection. Um, Value-sensitive design. Oh, I liked this one today. Kekistanis are not illegal aliens. That yeah, was a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, exceptionalism in the ethics of humans, animals, and technology. So as you can probably tell, it's right up our alley. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, we have a very special guest here today, uh, who is Erica Neely, and she gave a very cool paper yesterday about video games, which is... Surprise, surprise, what we are also very interested in. No coincidences here. The particular talk she gave was called Come for the Game, Stay for the Cash Grab, the Ethics of Loot Boxes, Microtransactions, and Freemium Games. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, Erica? Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Um, I'm Erica Neely, as you probably gathered from reading that piece of paper. Uh, I'm a philosophy professor at Ohio Northern University. I work on various issues in computer ethics. I enjoy you know, having the excuse to play games for work. As we all do. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, we are no stranger to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this particular paper actually came out of a book manuscript that I was working on in Spapple. Uh, I was working on it ethics for video game designers, mm-hmm. and I did a chapter on business aspects of video game design, and I started writing this, what I thought would be this nice little section. Nice tidy. Yes, yeah. on, uh, financial models, yeah. and about the same time as when loot boxes were in the news, so uh, a lot of countries were starting to look into this as a kind of gambling, and... Was this because of what was it, Battlegrounds? Was that, that was the big one, there were a couple the loot of them, bo- them, boxes, they? weren't they? Yeah, there yeah. were a few that... That have it and were getting very controversial, and uh, you know, Belgium banned them, and they've actually got pulled out of the plotting games now. Mm-hmm. So I just started thinking about kind of the ethical issues that were wrapped up in it, particularly because I'm also a gamer, and so there's a part of me that kind of rebels against the whole spending real money in right. game <laughs> thing. Um, so I thought, well, I should, I should be fair, I should actually think about this philosophically. Uh, which was kind of interesting because I didn't end up arguing what I expected to end up arguing. Oh, okay. So what did you expect you were going to yeah, start what did you arguing? Think you I was going to say basically that they're all bad. You, should, you shouldn't end up paying. I also was talking about freemium games and microtransactions. Uh, and I th- really thought I'd end up saying that this is just not ethical. Yeah. Maybe the cosmetic sorts of, you know, pretty skins for League of Legends or something We love like pretty that, things. You know? Yeah, we do. Because I, I can see, I believe in paying artists, so... Oh, sure. But I thought, surely functional things I'm not going to be okay with because you should play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was writing along and realized that there's lots of other ways that we accept substituting things for time in a game. 
um, difficulty levels. We can turn it down in a lot of games and make the fight easier to get through. Mm -hmm. uh, people use walkthroughs. Uh, people, <laughs> I've used walkthroughs. Uh, people use like uh, build guides if they're playing, say, an RPG and they don't want to have to actually work out what's best themselves. Or to keep up uh, with the latest meta as well, right? If yeah. You, want, you know, so you need to have the, you especially know. in multiplayer games. Um, so I play Monster Hunter, and there's always sort of a um, and, and also things like Overwatch and that. They all have these meta kind of. Um, so you have to kind of keep up with what's going on. Yeah, and that's that's across multiple. Particularly since a lot of times it's, it's changing. I play World of Warcraft a lot, and uh, the current expansion has this Azerite traits, and there aren't too many of them for me to want to run the simulations. I'm thrilled somebody wants to do this, but I'm also <laughs> thrilled it's not me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in all these cases, basically, I'm allowed to substitute something for the time it could take. Mm. And so I reached the conclusion that in certain limited set of circumstances that maybe being able to substitute money for time is okay. <gasps> I know. Controversial. That's how I felt too, writing it. Okay, so so obviously there are probably going to be some examples where, like, that this is a, like, you've probably got some examples of this, right? Um, yeah, so one of the cases that I was writing about, because it was very controversial at the time, uh, was... Uh, Middle Earth Shadows of War, and they explicitly advertised as we're going to let you have real money transactions as shortcuts. So these will these will all be things you can get through the game, but you can pay money to get it faster. And there was a huge fuss over all of the. I mean, it's gaming. There's a huge fuss over everything. So you know, uh, but I got interested in it, and, and I was looking at it, and I thought about, but if it's really just a shortcut then I'm probably okay with that because you could choose to spend the time. As long as you really could. If we're talking like a freemium game, yes, theoretically you could spend the six days it will take to build this building, but your enemies will crush you in that period. I'm not so sanguine with that. In that case, yes, theoretically we could spend the time, but in actual fact you couldn't. So. Hmm. What do you think about some of these changes that you can buy, basically, as a way of improving the accessibility of some games to people who wouldn't maybe otherwise have those opportunities either because they don't have the time or, or it is, you know, making something easier. Do you mean like turning off battles and stuff and having sort of story mode or whatever? Ah, uh, sometimes. Yeah, in a way, yes. But also, if you get stressed or if you get anxious by, you know, with certain situations, if you, if you simply don't have the time, if you have a disability that means that you can't be in a certain position for long enough to kind of be comfortable playing through a certain part of the game or whatever. What do you think about those sorts of situations? Yeah, I've actually done a fair amount of writing about the fact that the real world was always going to affect what we do in games. Yeah. Uh, I gave a paper this summer on disability, in fact, specifically in gaming because I have to say more. Uh, and so I think that accessibility is good. Giving more people yeah. options is good. Options. I am an inclusive gamer. Mm -hmm. I think that more people should be able to experience games. And I also think that realistically gamers have been doing this forever. You know, there are fights in like Dragon Age Origins that I worked out exactly how to do because they were so annoying. Mm -hmm. and I, yes. I found this one yes. strategy. I would take this set of people to do this set of things and this is how I will do it. And I'm not really convinced that that's much different than saying, you just let you make this a little easier. Right, through. right. Yes, that's, uh, that's so exactly that what I was kind of getting at. You can actually then enjoy the rest of the game. Yeah, you can actually enjoy it. 
Yeah. Mm. Gotcha. There are actually games I, I I like the story mode thing. I think that's nice. I wish they existed in other games. Um, I can't play first person shooters because they make me motion sick. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of first person shooters with great stories mm-hmm. yeah. that I would love to be able to play if I could just sort of avoid the actual shooting motion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course, then you get the pushback from the other side saying, "Oh, well, it just makes these into like walking simulators, or that it makes it into like quick time, quick time actions." Which you yes. know, um, it has got a lot of flack in mm-hmm. in various. Uh, but I mean, like you said, I think one of the big argument, the really big uh, arguments that I took away from from your paper was that basically. In single player, who cares? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, absolutely. And and in multiplayer, it then comes down to questions about things like fairness, right? And it's about about making sure that um, for whatever definition, uh, there's some sort of level playing field, right? Um, because it's not fair if someone has a load of money that they're able to buy a fancy sword that it would take you a while to get, right? Yes, and that's an extension of other inequalities, right? You know, where you're just replicating wealth in a game that, you know, you just have in another realm. It's like, oh, well, I've done very well, you know, out of game and I'm going to do well in game as a result. But many people do use games as a way to kind of avoid. If you're working multiple jobs, you may not have the time to play games that other people do. And I think saying, well, then you just... Yeah, you can't You don't get fun. Yeah. <laughs> no fun for you. No, we're not allowed to have any fun in games. Games is all about seriousness. Serious business. Yeah. Serious business. I, I have heard the sort of criticisms about walking simulators and things, and I always just kind of wondered. Why do you care? Who I mean, cares? Yeah. Well, if you don't want that, don't play in that mode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think actually, I think some of that comes out of this idea that there is like a true gamer, and a true gamer would never have anything less difficult than at least hard mode. You know. A true gamer and, is pure and there's, there's, Yeah. Right. <laughs> but there's these sort of levels, right? And and if you if you play on easy mode, then you're you're not a real gamer. Yeah. You're not a real gamer. You're not dedicated. Yeah. Not and even fan. even for some people would say they would say, well, you're not hardcore unless you go at least hard or nightmare mode or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and in right? which case you need to get good. Yeah, and that's... that's <laughs> yeah, so these sorts of artificial societally... Um, these imposed kind of... Yeah. Kind of gatekeepers yeah. of who is allowed to enjoy this game in what way. Yes. And I think that, you know, what worries me is that sometimes the companies actually listen to those. They forget that... Most of the players are not the ones on Reddit or Twitter or whatever, don't yes. they? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we have this very loud minority. Um, from a personal perspective, I mostly just ignore them because I've been playing games longer than most of them have been alive. <laughs> I've been games for 35 years. It's longer than most of the people making these complaints have been around. Sure. Um, so I, I mostly ignore it, but I do agree that there is this kind of more problematic general aspect because uh, I think that there are people that get driven away. You know, people that mm-hmm. feel like, oh, why bother? They haven't yet learned, just don't read forums. Just don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't even. Don't <laughs> but I, I do think that the game companies are sort of walking this balance because they clearly want to keep those people, but most of the money is coming from other people. I mean, yeah. for all the, the, the very loud minority things were the true gamers. There's not enough of them to, to really sustain this. And, you know, all of the money that's put into mobile gaming, I think that this is just showing there's a yeah. lot of people that are playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when this started, there's this 
huge amount of snobbery about you know, local games. Oh, yeah, games. you're not a real gamer. But now you're seeing people like, you know, The Elder Scrolls are developing mm-hmm. a mobile yep, game they specifically. Sure. We've seen things like um, the latest Civilization got ported over to mobile mm-hmm. and sold at regular prices. It, it was the first wow. game I've ever seen sold for something like $60 yeah. wow. uh, on mobile. And so it's just interesting because we've got this kind of blurring where I think people can keep trying to be snobby, but they're they're going to lose ground here because it's just going to be too much of a continuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going to cheer. I think it's it's interesting because you see like the Switch, for example, which is actually taking games more mobile anyway. So really, I mean, what's the difference between getting out your Switch and getting out your iPad or really big phones like they seem to come in these massive sizes these days, right? So I agree with you. I think there's big phones be... are better for people who have a hard time seeing. This is true, like but me, it's also going. It's going to blur this line between right. what is acceptable, what is an acceptable platform for gaming. Yeah, right. Is it um, still gaming? So anyway, but back to the back to the loot boxes. Oh, which, yeah. which I, I have think, more questions. Yeah, we, we 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 got a bit distracted. We but that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about the parallels with you know people drawing parallels with gambling and and, and things like right. that and um, all of the issues that come along with that. But I'm one of the things that you mentioned sort of briefly in your talk is telling people the odds. I mean, that makes it more like gambling, but does it actually help some things? You know, people could look at the loot crates in Elder Scrolls Online and see, well, my chances of getting a twinkle pony are, you know, this. I mean... I think that at least theoretically improves things. Yeah. You have at least some idea of how rare it is. Mm. I'm perhaps cynical about thinking people actually have enough statistical background to do the math. Oh, to interpret it out. It. Because people still play the lottery and things like this, which the odds oh, are, yeah, the are, are so, ridiculous. Yes. I, I'm not sure whether... I'm not sure whether people are going to actually mm. do anything. Even I, if it were just a range, a kind of, this thing is ultra stupid rare, this thing is just at stupid least it rare. it might tell you what the possibilities are. Right. I mean, something that's quite digestible. Yeah. What, about, what about if it gave, like, a, an indicator of um, how many people have received this in how, like, so for example, in the last, say, thousand loot boxes, people yeah. have received N uh, of this, this Twinkle Ponies, like five Twinkle <laughs> Fancy Ponies, and, <laughs> and, 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 and f- 500 Boring Normal Ponies, or whatever, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of translate, ugly face tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> translating it into sort of something that's a little bit more concrete in terms of if I buy this, right. I mean, I might be the one of the five in a thousand that mm. gets a twi- super twinkle pony. Or, uh, twinkle ponies are great. Super twinkle. <laughs> yeah, twinkle ponies. That's what, that's what, that's what, this, that's that's what this is about now. It's all <laughs> about the twinkle ponies. We like to bring you original content here, not just a game. I think that that's an interesting idea, twinkle pony aside. Um, I do, however, think that... What I worry about is this. So if you play a game that has some sort of uh, chance element to it, whether it's just I'm killing kobolds and I need an ear, or it's it's, I sent my followers on a mission, I've discovered that people do not understand the concept of independent variables. And so they assume, well, if I have an 85% chance of getting this, then surely, well, one, they just assume that means 100%, but two, um, they think, well, if I do this the right number of times, I'm guaranteed the result. And that's not how statistics works. No. I I, I was was a math major. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. So I I worry 
about the if I if it says you know one in in twenty, then they'll buy twenty and say, well, where's my twinkle party? Where's my twinkle party? May know somebody who does that kind of thing. This kind of ties into some of these emotion talks we've been having recently. How how enraged do you get when you don't get your twinkle pony? Now, one thing that does interesting is that I play uh, Heroes of the Storm, and they have a re-roll mechanism for loot boxes. Which what? I how does that work? Yeah, so you you can buy your loot box, and they have a convoluted method of. Uh, they actually have, I think, three different currencies, one for real money and one that's in-game, and I've lost track of what the third one is because I'm right. just confused. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you can buy the loot box, and so you open it and it tells you what you have, mm-hmm. and you can keep it. Or you can pay a little bit of the in-game currency, and you can re-roll it, and you can do oh. this, I think, twice. And I'm not sure whether this is better or worse. This is almost like the Monty Hall problem, isn't it? This is very yeah, much like Monty Hall. This, this is, is, this is exactly. the, the, I'm going to open door number one, and then you yeah. get to gamble about whether you want to go for door number right. two or, or not. But in this case, there's a cost to choosing door number two. Yeah. yeah. So that was and you might really get something that's worse. Yes, you might. In which case, you would then, ha- and if it's worse than the one that you started out with, you would actually feel more um, motivated Upset. to buy if the you, third yeah. reroll. Right. Yes. So actually, so it is. Worse. That's probably what they're banking on too, because yeah. nobody's going to ever be satisfied with what they get. Like no. when you when you first get that loot box, you're like, unless it's like all legendary, all yeah. twinkle ponies, you're going to be legendary like, legendary. legendary. Oh, legendary, legendary. twinkle. Yeah, you might Ultra be like, well. Rare. I might get my legendary twinkle pony in the next one, and then when you don't get your twi- legendary twinkle pony in the next well, one, I'll do it just one more time. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like advantage in D and D, which is kind of how they must present it. They're like, "Oh, you have a couple of chances here to get something that's so much better." Right. But actually, it doesn't work that way because you don't get to pick the higher of the two rolls. You will just. They're not using this as some sort of like in-game currency sink or anything, are they? Like, there's not an overinflated amount of in-game. Okay. Okay. Um, I wondered, so one of the things that's interesting is that if you get a thing you already have, it turns into shards, mm-hmm. and you do something with them that I forgot at this point. I think it's one of the things. Oh, that's a bit like an Overwatch, yeah. So, yeah, that's also so like the only so thing that, that I like about this is that if, if your first box is mostly that, then at least you can kind of re-roll it. But mm. if your first box is like pretty good, it's yeah. really, really hard yeah, to decide. So that's a really interesting mechanic. I hadn't really thought. And there's about some it. very interesting psychology in there. Oh yeah. Oh Blizzard, why do you do this to us? Yeah. But anyway. Oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> um, so so you also talked a lot about the. Um, I, I want to go a bit about back to this kind of idea of fairness and, mm. and the multiplayer side of yeah. things. So, um, can you reflect a little bit more on on what what would be considered fair in a loot box environment? Mostly opposed to loot boxes, period, because of the nature of them. Um, I think that it's difficult to make the case that they actually benefit the player. I think that they clearly benefit the developer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that for a player, fixed cost transactions are a lot easier to, uh, or fixed transactions are a lot easier to justify because then. I know I'm buying the special Twinkle Pony from the in-game Twinkle Pony store. I love yes. that this is a thing. Maybe we should yeah. sell like little Twinkle Pony badges. Yeah, yeah we should totally get Twinkle official, Pony badges. We're official mascot now. Yeah, the excellent. Pony. <laughs> um, it has to look like a Kirin though, or okay. like something that's a not giraffe. Yeah, right. something that's not actually yeah. a pony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that if, if you know what you're getting, it's a lot easier to justify benefits. Well, you might get something good. Right. Um, I think that. Most gamers would rather know that they're going to actually get something good if they're going to spend that. Uh, for I think for the competitive sort of multiplayer uh, 
it's really, really hard to actually design that mm. fairly uh, to give, like if you have sort of an exclusive item. So if a lot of the freemium games do this. Mm. Uh, so the way they make their money, you know, it's free to download, but really if you want to succeed, you have to actually spend real money. Yes. Because uh, for the competitive ones, it could be something like, I'm building up my city and then I'm going to go crush your city. Mm. So if I spend real money and I get more troops or faster troops or better troops, mm. then theoretically you can play without spending money, but you're going to lose to me because I spend I the money to get all you. the things. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that sort of thing is hard to balance. I think that in a something that's less frenetic, something mm. where it's maybe paced slower, mm. uh, where there really is an alternative, you could actually play mm -hmm. the game and still succeed. Mm. I think that's a way where you might be able to open the door to allow for the sort of time Okay, and what about like cooperative games? Because like, there's a lot of cooperative games out there where you play with other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I'm sort of thinking things like, I guess, Monster Hunter, where it's not actually not actually competing against each other. You're working together. You know, um, even things like Final Fantasy XI and, and World of Warcraft, really, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you go and play PvP, mm -hmm. uh, you're not actually like if you're just playing a PVE type environment. Is does that sort of bring it back more to the fairness? side of things of a single player game or do you think it's still in this kind still of grey area or, or black area of the multiplayer? <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> this is a very hard question. It is a hard so, question. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, you don't have to have an answer but so we can I talk about it. Question, if that helps. So the World of Warcraft player in me wants to go, no, you can't do this. Okay, this but let's unpack that. Why, why is the World of Warcraft player in you saying that? So yeah. that let's unpack that. Because that's, that's, that's a very I deep... I think for me it's because people, whether Blizzard intends it or not, people put so much emphasis on gear in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, having... I'm in a guild that is mythic first on our realm, now given our realm, that's not saying much, but it's still the case that, that they're pushing for all the realm first kinds mm -hmm. of achievements, mm -hmm. and they take very seriously being the first people to have stuff. So it's reputation. Um, yeah. Yes, and so, you know, I'm showing things off, and it, though I've I think that maybe they get a little silly about this sometimes. I do have some sympathy for the idea that part of the fun of playing the game is getting better stuff, mm -hmm. you know, showing off your stuff and sure. things. I only have limited sympathy for this. I mean, I think at some point, you know, yes, when I'm 30 levels above the content, I too can go back and look at exactly like you did, but you had the 30 levels intervening to look cool, so you know, yeah. that's fine. Um, so I think that there's some sense of, of Maybe, I'm not even sure if it's fairness, but I, I think that there's some sense of not being able to differentiate between people who, who you know, bought this or people who Earned this. Earned this yeah, yeah. So it's this earning thing, right? So there's, this, there's, there's the time commitment, there's the actually like choosing to do this activity rather than some other activity. Yeah. Uh, there's the fact that probably, especially for like rare loot and that, it takes a lot of um, teamwork to actually take down the big monster or whatever mm -hmm. it is that drops it. There's also then a, a small chance that you're going to get that loot drop from right. that monster. So then you have to deal with all the social bullshit of who mm. gets to have it first. And, and people what order, rolling against each other and, and that can cause all, strife. All right. of that. So there's a lot to unpack in that, right? Because right. it's not just about... The fairness bit is not just about it's not equal... Objective. It's not objective. And it's not yeah. just about yeah. an equal playing field. It's about 
there are very complex social structures that if people were able to pay money for them, they could just sidestep all but of them. But here's the problem. That's all my instinctive reaction. But people already do. You already have people who sell carries for in-game gold, mm -hmm. um, who who will take you to... I mean, Blizzard made this worse because they put in limited time mounts for oh, like, the oh. final boss of heroic modes this and is, mythic this modes. Is, I was going to ask you about And this. people are already <laughs> selling these. So to some extent, the feeling like this is actually demonstrating you know, that I am this awesome player, it, it isn't even real. And so I, I think that while I, I feel like this on the one hand, there's another part of me going, yeah. that's kind of the fantasy, right? That yeah. everybody gets everything based solely on their own skill. It's a meritocracy. It's, 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 it's the constructed right. meritocracy. Well, that's exactly right, though. <laughs> yeah. But that's what people expect. They expect yeah. it to be a meritocracy. And when people skip the queue for whatever mm -hmm. reason, probably because they're wealthy, which mm -hmm. happens in the real world too, sure. you know, um, they get upset about it and that's right. totally fair to get upset about it so mm -hmm. I mean I, I mostly played my, my MMO choice was Final Fantasy 11 and uh, you know we had gold sellers like, so gill right. sellers right I would never buy gill like you know even though I but the thing was I knew that people in my group had bought gill yeah. and there were some social stigmas attached there were certain groups of people who would go around and say yeah we're the gill seller like they just they, yeah. they took that on as a badge of pride yeah. um, but in my like basically people would get kicked out of guilds if, or link shells as we call them, if there's some sort of evidence that they had bought Gil, um, because that would be considered a reputational hit to the to the to the guild. Yeah, the, the, the thing that's interesting is I actually read research about this. They they polled people who bought things in games, uh, and most of them didn't do it for status. They did it so that they could like they could play at the level of their friends yes. and things like that. So for a lot of people, it actually turned out to be the kind of catch up mechanism. <laughs> I just wanted to say that there's a couple things that are tied up in this. Like I definitely remember EverQuest and EverQuest 2 when I still had time to be like a raid cleric, which mm. is, I just want to say, not as stressful as academia, but very close. Um, <laughs> then there was this thing where like a rumor would go around the guild and be like, so-and-so bought gold. That's why they have this item. Yeah. And it just caught, stirs up this kind of poisonous kind of... Yeah, especially if you see, and if you see someone in your guild and they've mm. they bought a carry, let's say, and they bought mm. a carry through a difficult thing, and it means uh, they paid the guild, the, the people that do do those carries, they pay them enough, like to the point where they they get the thing, mm. and the thing is like I don't know the the thing that only. 0.5% of the server has and so it's very yeah. obvious when they have it and there's no yeah. other way they could have done it except yeah. through the guild mm -hmm. and the guild's like mm, mm -mm. Yeah. No, it, it, exactly. Yeah. but then thing. there's an interesting bit because they all they all sit there and moralize about it mm -hmm. and then they're like oh but that actually means now you can help us kill this thing faster right. so let's let's take you let's just let's just be very disapproving but you can still stay you know yeah. which is a, just a, a beautiful microcosm of, of society and politics Yes. Yeah. There, is, there is one other thing that I, I you're talking about people selling carries and like I have a reasonable amount of gold on, on Elder Scrolls Online for example mm -hmm. um, now how much of that was given to me by my mother who has a lot more time to play than I do yeah um, my birthday present was a very large amount of crowns so that I could buy how many twinkle ponies I wanted for my birthday in real life for my real life birth anyway let's just not get into the ethics of that for a moment and there's a really dangerous dungeon crawl that you can go through in ESO and if you can complete the final boss in that then you have you can have this awesome shiny 
Twinkle Pony. No, you become the Twinkle Pony. You become you a get twi- a skin, oh. and you get this totally like crackly wow. Twinkle Pony golden coating. Yes, you are the Twinkle Pony. Okay. So I was like, I would really love that, but I'm on a North American server. I don't live in North America. I, the odds are against me finding like a random group for this, especially if people care what gear I'm wearing and won't take me through if they think I'm the weak link. Wow. So. I can't play with my guild, which is a North American based guild, because I'm in the UK, because I mostly play to hang out with my mum, but then where does that leave me? And then there's people being like, oh, well, yeah, we'll sell a, we'll sell a Kerry for such and such, and I'm like, hmm, mm. did I do it? No, but yeah, you can definitely see why people are attempting, even if it's just a purely cosmetic thing and it won't yeah. actually contribute to accomplishing practical goals in the game. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the practical goals in the game aren't the only goals of the game. Oh, yeah. As Twinkle Pony <laughs> there demonstrates. There are means to an end, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the practical goals in the game. And, it, like, what you what you play the game for is not, like, you play it not for the particular quest that you do over and over and over again. You do it for a whole bunch of social and self-accomplishment and mm. feelings of this, that, and the other that, mm. that, that is what you play the game for. Right. Um, and the tw- oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, they're pretty, and they make it nicer to play the game, right? Right. Mm. Mm. And they make a little noise when you, you know, bust out your twinkle pony, go dashing past the person that that's sounds, the free map. You're that, like, yeah. That sounds brilliant. Twinkle, twinkle. Twinkle, twinkle. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to come up with a theme song for twinkle ponies. No, um, we'll do that one later. <laughs> Like, I can do it on the fly. We'll do it on the fly, and then it can be added after the credits. We're at a conference. <laughs> my voice is tired. <laughs> all right, all right. So we're going to have to wrap it up soon, because mm. we're going to go to the next whatever yeah. session in about 10 minutes. Back so, to work. Back to work, yeah. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else that you think that we should sort of, that's interesting about your research on in this in this area that you think our listeners might be interested in? Mostly just I'm surprised that they keep coming up with new and interesting ways to charge real money for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, until recently, most of the transactions were you buy X for Y amount of gold, that's what you get. And then they started with loot boxes. Mm-hmm. And maybe a decade ago, I don't think anybody had done things with loot boxes, and mm-hmm. now they're all over. So I mostly just wonder what's going to be the next loot box. You know, what, what mm-hmm. are we going to figure out as What is the next innovative, creative way of milking money out of people? Well, because yeah. that's interesting, because they're going to try to walk this very tight line around the gambling aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So right. They, they, they still get the same benefit, which is people paying them lots of money, but then they're not also considered gambling. So right. where's where's that really? I mean, I'm sure there's a whole team of people inside EA or wherever it is. Actually, they they've decided no more loot boxes apparently. But certainly some companies that do the right. loot box yeah. start decided. Oh yeah, and I, just very quickly, I had I just remembered the other question that I had. So in Overwatch, you get loot boxes which you can buy the credits for with real money, but you also earn them in game anyway. And I'm just, but you can't re-roll them, and you do get the shardy type things mm-hmm. back at the end. But like, I guess it's probably the same model that they use in here. Is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be the same as Elder Scrolls Online too. But that's a cooperative game, and mm. all of those things are pretty much cosmetic. Yeah, I don't like the loot boxes in Heroes of the Storm because I don't like random that much. Mm. But I think they're less ethically problematic than the, mm. the functional ones. I mm. just think that overall. I'd much rather be able to say, yes, I will pay you this for this cool skin as opposed mm-hmm. to, I will pay you this for a chance of the cool skin. Yeah, so interestingly, so with the, with the Overwatch, they do bring the skins back and you can buy them with 
the money instead. Mm-hmm. But well, they're limited time only. Do they do yeah, like so special they, things? They do yeah. do, so they have seasonals, right? So yeah. it, so around Christmas, whatever, you can get the, a fancy <gasps> like Santa Claus outfit or whatever for you. so has a but demon then, cockerel you can buy right now. I just want to oh, say. Oh, that's sweet. But then the year, the next year, you can buy the previous year's skins and they have completely different ones. So it's kind of, if you don't get it, you can kind of wait a year and you can get it. And I, mm. I think that's a reasonable... I think that's not so bad, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's so bad because you know you're going to be able to get it. It's a bit like in Pokemon Go with the, yeah. the X-Rays and all that. With yeah, yeah, the high level get rates. it, you know, next year. Yeah. Well, then you have kind of the choice. Do you want to wait and... And mm. do, the, yeah. do it that way, or do, do you, you want to play the, the I game? Think I'm, I think I'm now them. old enough to be patient. Yeah, yeah. I don't care that much anymore. No. I think if I were younger, I probably would like 10 years ago, I would have been all up in that grind. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Great. Also, thank you so much for coming along and thank you very much for having a chat you. with us. And maybe we should do this again sometime in the future. That sounds good. All right, so just a couple of little notices we're going to be launching a Patreon soon, so please keep an ear out for that. And uh, what else? Uh, we have want to say thanks to our lovely producer, Emma, who does a great job on this. Thank you, Emma. And we also want to thank The Noun Project for our current logo. We also, the theme music is um, from OC Remix. And that's basically it. Bye. Bye. been listening to the not just a game podcast the music is hot machine cold surface by ben prunty from oc remix graphics are from the noun project twinkle twinkle little equid or camelot how i wonder where you're hid are you in this box or in that other one give me twinkle pony i want one one maybe two three i want three so i can give them to my Two other friends oh. right here. <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little equid. How I wonder where you're hid. Your, which box? In yeah. which box you're hid? I mean, That'll I don't know. That'll do. Bye. Bye.